morning. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Judy and Pastor Andrea and our dear friend Sandra for inviting us and all the team here, the ministry team. It's exciting to be here. I'm so excited to see some new faces and some friends from the previous time I was here. And uh, I was in Northern Ireland, when I went to the church, I saw the carpet is burgundy. And I'm wearing burgundy. I'm matching their church. Now I match your church. So <laughs> I may move here. I may move to Toronto. <laughs> so thank you so much for having us. And uh, all what I wanted to say, it's been said during those amazing worship. So I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Um, the passage that uh, I want to speak from, it's from Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bible with you, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, which is the famous as a great commission. Yeah. But uh, let's pray. Let me pray for us before uh, I start for the Lord to open our eyes and help us to understand his word. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for all what you have done in Christ for us. We thank you for your word that is a light for us in this darkness of this world. We pray, Lord, that you help us to understand your word, help us to apply it to our life, help us to be a doer of your word and not just a listener. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are we having it on the screen as well? Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, this is the, the, my gospel, my Bible is too small print. This is the Bible that George Weber gave me when I met him about 15 years ago. So I don't know how he could read it. Uh, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. When we read this verse in the beginning, in the first place, when I read them, these verses, so what comes to my mind or what strikes me is fear. Fear of me to go? Where to go? How to go? What should I do? To whom should I go and speak? And what should I say? On what right and authority I can go to others and condemn the world and say, oh, you're wrong and the only way is Jesus. What authority I have? What right I have? 
Fear is the biggest obstacle that prevents believers to share gospel. Fear of being rejected. Fear of offending someone. Fear of embarrassment. May I don't know the answer and I have been embarrassed. And people uh, mocking me. Oh, in 21st century, what are you thinking about? Fear of not knowing enough. Fear of being, I'm inadequate. I'm nobody. Fear of being persecuted, marginalized, and even being killed and lose your life. Those are big fears. That's, that's not normal. I mean, that's normal to have that fear. Those are not the small thing. And if you are afraid of sharing your faith with others, so you are not alone. Welcome to the club. You are amongst the good company, not my company, but Jesus' disciples' company. All disciples has fear to go out. Paul never hides his fear. But he always remember that what God is saying to him. I be with you. I am with you, Paul. Take courage. So Paul wrote half of the New Testament and he never hide his fear that he has fear to go. But he always trusted who, where his authority comes from, where his power and strength come from. People asking me time and time again, you are not afraid to go to different Muslim countries or to go to Afghanistan or go to some other places and share gospel with Muslims? Even here in, in Europe, in which I answer, yes, I'm afraid. Fear strikes, but when fear strikes, I take shelter in my Lord's promises and in my Lord's word. So let's uh, look at some of this, this verse. In the beginning, when we read, may we just don't get how strong these verses are and what points we can find in them to encourage us and to build us up and help us to understand where our authority and our power comes from that we can be able to go out and share our faith and share the gospel and share the hope that the world doesn't have and looking for it. So, the verses that we just read in Matthew 20. 8 verses 18 to 20. It also, this same passage comes in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. In Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19, it says, Disciples were so afraid that they locked the doors and they are hidden in this room. And Jesus just appeared to them. So most people, they focus on how Jesus came from the locked door. That's not the point there. The point is how Jesus took these coward, fearful people and turned them into the brave man and woman to change the world. That's the main point. So, but we sometimes missing the point. So all authority we read in verse 28. Sorry, in verse 18. 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So there is nothing in universe that Jesus doesn't have control over it. There is no one single molecule, you say, flying around loosely that God doesn't have control over it. If that was the case, he is not an almighty God. He is not the powerful God. But what Jesus is saying here, it's a big claim. No one, no human being in his right mind has done this claim in the history of humanity. No prophet has done this claim. No Moses, no no Buddha, no Muhammad. No, nobody said, all the authority has been given to me. This is a big claim. Did he just say that in the, in the vacuum? He woke up from his sleep and said, oh yeah, yes, you guys. Or this is echoing something from the Old Testament. He talks to the Jewish people. We don't understand it because we, this is not written directly to us. We are the second recipient of it. He's talking to Jews who knows the scripture and who knows what he's talking to and where he is referring to. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, The Son of Man came and the old dominion had been given to him. He's referring to that. I am that prophecy. That authority has been given to me. So his uh, audience, his Jewish audience, knows what he's talking about. When I doubt and fear a strike, that in what right and authority I go to people and talk and share gospel, I come here. I go with the authority of the one that has all the authority. The one that has heart of every single person in the world in his hand. The mind of every single person in his hand. Yes, I have fear. But I turn that fear into faith through his promises. I have fear. But fear of disobeying my Lord is bigger than fear of the world. You know? I have fear, but fear of facing someone tomorrow that say, in the day of judgment, you knew the truth and you never told me. It's more. Fear of facing my Lord in the day of judgment and telling me, I saved you for a purpose and I gave you my word to tell my people and you didn't do it. That's a bigger fear. Because he says, don't be afraid of those who can just kill your body and not the soul. But be afraid of the one that can destroy both the soul and the body. 
So who should we fear? If there is a fear, I should fear my Lord, not the world. So this is how I overcome my fear. And I remember with whose authority I go. That's what we should remember. With whose authority we go out and talk. We don't talk about ourselves. We talk about our Lord. Jesus said, we don't, um, Paul said, we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Christ and a crucified Christ. Fear of not knowing what to do. Okay, I go out. What to do? What to say? That's the biggest fear that prevents us to share gospel, to give our testimonies, to talk to our friend about, about the Lord. So there are some aspects here that maybe a, a pastor or a trained evangelist or teacher can do. But what a lay person can do, how we can, I as a lay person, can share gospel. We talked about the, uh, the mercy ministry that Claire talked about. But mercy ministry and word ministry has to go together. So the best way to witness to my neighbor, my colleague, my friends, my family member who is not a believer is to let to let them know that what we believe, to let them know that I'm a churchgoer, to let them know in this chaos of corona that came, in this situation that the entire of the world are afraid, where is my hope come from? What is my hope and where is my peace come from? That's evangelism. Evangelism, it's a, it's a big word. It's a scary word. And sometimes Christian jargon can be scary. But evangelism is as simple as this. I don't know wh whose word is, but I'm quoting from someone that I don't know the name. Maybe you remember. Evangelism is simple as a beggar tells other beggar where you can find bread. Where I have been fed and you can go and be fed there. That's evangelism. We don't have to be a theologian. You know? Because he's not, people are not impressed with our apologetic skill, with our theology. People are, care about we understand where they come from. We understand their question. We understand their pain because we have been there. You know, remember the, the beggar? We were that beggar, begging for hope, begging, begging for peace. These Persians who came to every single course that I start, and I have new people who are coming, I ask this question. Okay, you are here to know about Christianity, yes. What did you, what couldn't you find in Islam? that you came to find here? What Islam couldn't offer you that you come here? There are always these three main words. Hope, 
peace, love. We couldn't find hope in Islam. We couldn't find peace in Islam. And we couldn't find love. That's why those are the three. That the world is thirsty for it. And all can be provided by our Lord. So he said, go and make disciples. What is disciples? A followers. Someone who is following a master to be like him. Obeying to be like him. That's what the followers is. But I cannot ask someone else to be followers unless I am a follower. I can tell others to obey unless I am obeying myself. Because that beggar cannot say to any other beggar to go and get bread unless he himself been fed. I cannot introduce a medicine to someone that that medicine hasn't cured me. So my jar has to be filled with the love and grace of the Lord that can overflow. So I myself has to make myself first the disciple of Christ. To obey him, to follow him. And that let his love, his grace to overflow from me to others. Otherwise, I am an empty vessel. And empty words have nothing to offer. The only thing I can offer is just a motivational speech. You know, nothing else. So, for that reason, I make myself obedient to his teaching. Because if I am an empty vessel, then I have nothing to offer. And because I don't go with my authority, so I recognize his authority, I come to know his authority, that makes me not to go with my authority. That makes me not to be a, a big-headed, someone who studies some class theology somewhere and he knows that, he thinks that he knows everything. No, I go with his authority because... He has authority to touch that person's heart. He has authority to open the blind eyes. He has authority to raise the dead. I don't have. It says it's his word that's sharp like a double-edged sword that cut to the bone marrow. Not my word. So... For that, otherwise, if I don't go with his authority, with the authority of his word, then my work is in vain. Where to go? To whom should I go? So that's another fear. I don't know these people's culture. I don't know their language. I don't know. Look at Paul. Paul goes all over the place. And they don't know. He doesn't probably know every other language. He doesn't know their culture. But he knows in whom authority he goes and why he goes. Where we should go, Lord Jesus, he said, go to all nations. Not just to Jews. Not just to Samaritan. All nations. What that echoes for a Jew when they hear that. 
He's talking to Jews. He doesn't talk directly to me. The Jews, when they hear, go to all nations, the echo come from Abraham. I will make you a blessing for all nations. That's where it's come from. Oh, so now he is putting himself in a place of the promises that God gave to Abraham. So now Jesus is commanding us to go to all nations. And in Isaiah 49, verse 6, it said, I will make you a light for all nations. It's easy task for you to just tell you to go and save children of Jacob and Abraham. But I will make you light to all nations. Why? Because my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. That's a promise that God gave in the beginning to Abraham. When he chose that through his descendant, he sent someone to save entire of the world. His blessing wants to go to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, regardless of their color, their language, their ethnicity. Everyone is under my authority, he says. All nations. My grace is freely available for everyone. My salvation freely available for everyone. My mission is to bless all nations from every ethnicity. I just haven't come for the people of Israel. And then, when you disciple them, when they come to believe, when they come to understand, when they come to obey my words, then baptize them. Welcome them into the family. Welcome them into the community of people of God by their public declaration of faith. That's what baptism is. A public declaration of faith that from now on, I died with Christ and I rose with Christ and I belong to Christ. So welcome them. And when you welcome someone to your family, you take care of them. It's a long run. It's a long journey. It's not just, oh, they come to faith, okay, then see you later. Or see you Sunday by Sunday. No, it's a long journey. In this journey, we are all together. In, we are a family. We have to take care of one another. We have to lift each other up. We have to build each other up. We have to bless one another. Fear of not knowing what to say or not knowing enough, that's another thing. So what Jesus wants us to go and tell them, he, just, he doesn't want us to tell them stories. Stories is okay to, for ice breaking. Yeah, ice breaking, you say? Yeah, breaking the ice. Or ice skating, no. <laughs> Teach them. All that I have commanded you, all of it, don't chop it, don't cut it, don't say this is culturally inappropriate, don't say this is politically inappropriate. All what I have taught you to you, all what I have commanded you, teach them. You don't have to tell stories, you don't have to make up stories, you don't have to... Uh, give a motivational talk. Teach what I commanded you, that they can absorb that. In order to share with others, 
I need to know the word of God. I need to believe the word of God. And I need to know why I believe what I believe. If I don't know what I, why I believe what I believe, why I'm a Christian, so how can I share with others? First, I have to know what Christ has done for me. I need to understand the depth of his grace and mercy. That enables me. That takes the fear away that I can be encouraged to tell to others. Not how I feel, because feelings can go up and down. One day I'm down, many believers can get depressed. Many believers can go up and down. It, not that how I feel, because that guy can go to the temple of such and such and feel something. No, it's what he has done for me that nobody else can do it. Nobody else has, has done that. You know, I ask my Muslim friend most of the time, did Allah come, came down and walk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? No, we don't think so. But I say, my God did. Did Allah came down and talk to Abraham and walked and eat with him? Oh, no. But my God did. Did God, did Allah came down on earth and become human in the flesh of human being? No, you cannot do that. So he's a limited God, he's a small God. My God is so big, he can come down in the flesh. So that's the difference. That's why he can do something for me that nobody else can do. You know, because he is almighty, he's all powerful. He is aware of our fears. That's what we need to know. Because he created us. As David said, he, you created me in the womb, Lord. You know everything about me. I can't hide from you. You know my fears. You know my struggles. So that's why Jesus said in the end of verse 20, Surely, I am with you always. I'm not an English speaker, but as far as I know, always means there is no time that always is not there. <laughs> is that correct? Always means continuously. I am there with you and for you. You need courage, I am there. You need peace, I am there. You need love, I am there. You need grace, I am there. You need to overcome your fear because I am with you. What you are afraid of. Do not be afraid because I am with you to the very end of the age. Not that I am with you for some time or when you are out to share the gospel. No, I am with you always. Doesn't he say I will send you out like a sheep to the wolves. But if he's with me, my shepherd is with me, I shouldn't be afraid of the wolves. 
If my captain is with me and I'm in the storm in the sea, why am I afraid of the storm? He has the storm in his hand. He has the sea in his hand, authority. He, he is my, he's my captain. He knows how to lead the sheep, the ship. I always struggle between sheep and ship. Always, everywhere you go, there, I'll be with you. There is no moment that you will be alone. Here Jesus, in these verses, Jesus claims, also claims divinity. May we don't know that. Because we read a text that we are not aware of a background of it. But those Jewish people would know. He equal himself with Yahweh. All authority has been given to me, as we, we said now. It, it's taken from the Daniel chapter 14. That person whose all authority been given to him in the, in, the, in the book of Daniel has divinity. Is a divine person. Is not a mere human being. And... We read this theme of I will be to you always runs throughout the Bible. God said to Abraham, God said to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, to everybody. And Moses said to Joshua when he's handing over to Joshua because he can't enter into the promised land. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For Yahweh or Yahweh, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that claim what Jesus do? There, Moses saying that about Yahweh. Here, Jesus claiming the same sentence for himself. I will be with you. He doesn't say Yahweh will be with you. He said, I will be with you. He claiming divinity. So those Jewish people know. They go with the authority of God, not man. They go under the protection of God, not man. And it's God who is with them always. As his name means, we read in the book of uh, Isaiah, Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to celebrate Christmas very shortly. Emmanuel, God with us. He will be with us always. That's how I overcome my fear. Fear of engaging with non-believers, fear of sharing gospel, fear of uh, talking about God's love. That's how turn fear into faith. When fear strikes, I'll go to the word of God. To where is, where is, when soldiers is under attack and they need a stronger weapon, they go to their, what they call, the ordinance, the arm, to their armory. Where is our army? It's here. Because as St. Paul writes, we 
don't fight with the blood and flesh. Our fight is not with the blood and flesh. So to summarize, I remember in whose authority I go, for what purpose I go, what I am sharing with people. Because if I don't go with his authority, I don't have control over other people's heart and mind and soul. I can't raise them, as I said. He can. He can change them. He can change their hearts. He can resurrect them. He can regenerate them. I cannot. If I don't go with his teaching, if I don't know his word, then I have to make stories. I have to give false hopes. I have to give just a motivational talk or empty promises. It's not my words that has power. It's his word that has power. It's his word that can raise the dead as he raised me from dead. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that for this freedom that we have in this country to worship you. To come together as brothers and sisters, as your children, to worship you, Lord. And to read your word freely. Be free to share your gospel in this country. Still, we are free in this country, Lord. We thank you for this freedom. And we, help, we pray, Lord, that you help us to use this freedom for your glory, to use this freedom for your kingdom. Help us to be an instrument in your hand to glorify your name amongst our neighbor, amongst our colleagues, amongst our friends, amongst our family. Thank you so much for this lovely congregation, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Judy, Pastor Andrea, and um, Sandra and the ministry team here, Lord, for what they are doing in this town. We pray, Lord, that you bless this ministry. You glorify your name amongst these people. You, Lord, make them a light to shine for your glory wherever they are. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.